You think you got what it takes to win? Then get coached by Ed Milet at edmilet.com. Welcome back to Max Out with Ed Milet. I got to be honest with you. I so wish we were recording everything that we just did off camera because we've had one of the greatest interviews I've ever done and we haven't even started yet. So I'm so excited to have this gentleman to my left here. This jacked up dude right here to my left is a Super Bowl champion. See that thing right there? He's letting me wear this for the interview. That is his Super Bowl ring, everybody. He's a pro bowler. He is a guy who dominated his position in football. And by looking at him, Right now, you're thinking, this dude was a tight end for sure, right? Maybe he was a defensive end, but actually, this is a punter in the NFL and has the all-time Super Bowl record in a Super Bowl for punting that we're going to talk about. He's dominated the fitness space post his career. He's a great father, five children, right? And one of the guys, one of the few people that I follow on social media to inspire me, to get my day going, to get my life going. And I have a funny feeling that today will be a life altering conversation for many of you so i'm so excited you're here brother this is steve weatherford everyone thanks um, for being here man that means a lot to me man <laughs> i really mean that um but honestly like just for the people that are watching and listening mm -hmm. um i mean it was from the moment that i walked in this door like we've mm -hmm. never met each other before yeah. and we have so many mutual friends that like right. continually like re recommending us to each other mm. and it wasn't because like I could provide value to you mm. or you could provide value to me like so many people were like dude you need to meet Ed man. you guys are like so much alike and you guys have so much passion and you guys are like so weird at the same time you know what I mean but it's like always coming from people that that yeah. I love me that too. also that you love and yeah. it was like this was meant to be but yeah. I mean to to see the way that this is kind of like this right. interview is going to go just because of the, the time that we spent to, today like yeah. dude i've told ed things that i haven't mm. shared with with anybody mm. and you really do you have a really unique way of making people just feel really comfortable Thank in your you, home bro. really comfortable to like share vulnerable things about themselves that they haven't <laughs> shared with anybody else because i mean you look at some of the other interviews that you've had Thanks, um like people open up to you yeah man, and that is like i want to acknowledge you for being showing up for who you really are and, and, you, and leading with the true person that you are, not like the costume that you think you need to put on mm. in order to grow your Instagram mm. account or, or mm. get this many likes or get that many comments like you. And that's one thing that's always attracted me to you is mm. you can tell the people that are like faking it for the gram and mm. you can tell the people that are genuinely and authentically pouring their heart and, and the dark things, yeah. um, you know, the, the great achievements, but also, you know, being relatable to people and saying like, listen, like, yeah, I've achieved this financial success mm -hmm. and I've had this massive impact here, but dude, I still struggle with this and I still mm -hmm. have problems, you know, setting boundaries and doing favors for people because I'm a people pleaser and I really just want to make people happy mm -hmm. and it's authentic it's in, and it's real. So Thank you. I heard from so many people Me that too. we need to connect. Me too. I'm like, man, we've I don't care what I need to great. do, but I feel like regardless if it's a podcast or if it's just Me you too. and I just, just yep. sitting down and talking, yep. whatever that is that I can do for you to continue to impact people Thank on the bro. level and the scale that you're doing and continue to grow that, man. Like that's honestly, that's why I'm here because Thank I want to be able to share things on this podcast that, that I love to listen to, mm -hmm. that other people have shared things that they've never shared before. Mm -hmm. Honestly, dude, your, your podcast and your show and just like you as a person you're 
you're kind of turning yourself into like a, a, a priest and people are coming here for, for <laughs> like you, for like confessional. Thank like I'm you, looking man. at like an older, more handsome, more exact version of myself. He starts with older. <laughs> he starts with older. That's well, listen, right. I was eventually going to get to more handsome and that's something I highly regard but myself. Just so but. you know, this is, this is being recorded. Everybody knows that I'm not more handsome than you, but thank you for saying that. All right, let's talk about you for a second. So in front of me first, I want to go back just a little, right? So you're Super Bowl champion, pro bowler, uh, you know, awarded for awards in the NFL for being the most charitable guy in the league. You got five children. Your his social media stuff is so good, guys. I mean, if listen, if you want to know who I really like on social media, go look at who I follow. You know, many of you are going to watch this and see my Instagram. I follow a very small, select group of people that move me, and you're one of those people. And so it means a lot, man. Yeah, brother. I mean, I think your stuff. I think you're awesome, and I think your stuff is awesome too. So, but let's talk a little bit about Little Steve. Let's yeah. go back just a little bit. So. You've achieved all these things, and by the way, you can tell from looking at him, this was a this was an athlete, a world class athlete who played the position of punter. Mm -hmm. But if we went through your whole life, you were a stud in multiple sports and track and all these other sports. But what was your upbringing like? Like, what's your mom and dad like? Where'd you grow up? What so shapes you? I didn't have a white friend until I was 11 years old. This is something that we didn't talk about off camera. Hmm. Um, but I was born in Indiana. Um, and age two, moved down to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and, and literally was like thrust into um, African-American sports, you mm. know, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't that special, you know, because mm. they just, they're, they were just better than me. You had, you had athletes around you that were better than you as a kid. Oh my gosh. Like I remember when I moved from Louisiana at age 13 to Terre Haute, Indiana, which mm. is kind of like the city that I claim. I don't know why I claim that instead of Baton Rouge, but yeah. I guess it's because my family's from Indiana. But yeah. I remember leaving and being like the sixth man on the basketball team and then moving to Terre Haute, Indiana and be like, oh my God, he's 14 and he can touch the rim. You know, it was like yeah. the biggest thing ever. Yeah. And I had teammates that were dunking the ball in a basketball game. Mm. Um, but it was like competition and elite competition and the competitive spirit just in general was instilled at me at a very, very young age. Um, by the other athletes or by dad? Like by who? Um, just that was something, honestly, that I feel like God, like just truly, like like placed on my heart, just ambition, similar to you. Like yeah. we've, I've always, I've I've always had a problem with motivation. It's not that I needed to find a place. I had too much of it. Yeah. And I know it's just like it might sound braggadocious to people listening to this, but but hear me out when I when I talk about the fact that my competitiveness and and my self worth really was almost kind of my demise as, as a person and, and mm. as a human as, and as somebody that, that fathered five children mm. and a, a husband to my wife, an entrepreneur and like on paper, like my life was was perfect and yeah. it is perfect. But, you know, the, the entire journey of my life and the evolution of the person that I was to the person that I am today is like for the first time ever, like sitting here with you, like mm. this is the first interview that I, I feel like I don't feel like I know for a fact that that I'm ever really doing as like sounds so generic to refer to myself in third person but okay. as, as Steve. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like every every other interview that I've done on ESPN and blah 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 Good Morning America, all that stuff, like I was always wearing a costume and, and mm -hmm. trying to be what everybody else wanted me to be mm -hmm. versus just being who I was and, and feeling like that was enough. Like mm -hmm. so much so, Ed, that you know, I, I remember tracing it all back to a conversation I had with my with my mom. And I remember crying in her lap, five years old, kindergarten. And that was the first time that I really, really realized that I was different than other people. And mm. and and I viewed different 
as like not good because I was the type of different that always got in trouble in school. I mean, I went principal's office for pulling the chair out from a girl that was about to sit down for me, like before lunchtime, my first day of kindergarten, you know? <laughs> okay. And, and it was just, it was continual from there, but like none of, none of those struggles and I was, was I able to overcome because of like my ADHD and I couldn't sit still. And, and it was back in the day when people didn't really understand ADHD. Right. They thought that that was like a cop out for somebody that was just a mischievous kid. And, and now I'm 35 years old and I literally have maybe like that much more control over it. And I've, wow. I've finally gotten to the point where I've embraced who I am. And now, you know, what other people had looked at as kind of like a learning disability, I've been able to kind of mold that shape that package that and utilize that as listen if i can never sit still then i might as well keep myself busy doing something mm. constructive and so mm. at 14 years old i remember being in the dentist's office and picking up my first copy of muscle and fitness and it was at that point well it was after i actually stole it and took it home and, <laughs> and looked at it because there's no bodybuilding.com yeah. it wasn't like i could go yeah. to, to com like and, and, like and get content to yeah. be able to apply into my life to learn how to train to learn yeah. how to eat to learn how to increase human performance but kind of to go back to the conversation that i had with my my mom and, and crying on her lap and realizing that i'm different i formed an opinion of myself that that different was bad and that's mm. kind of like what you know people on social media like different mm. is not great, mm. you know? And it's almost kind of like now, people are just now starting to appreciate the diversity in life. And I'm not just talking about race, I'm just yeah. talking about personalities, I'm talking about where people, the different walks of life, sexual preferences, all yeah. that stuff. Yes. And I'm, wow. I'm a strong, strong supporter of personal expression, you know, and, and that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And, it's, and it feels, it's, it's hard for people to, to be able to kind of I don't want to say relate to that. I feel like it's incredibly relatable because everybody feels uncomfortable in their own skin. They do. You yes. know, and I know like you and I have talked about that kind of off camera of how, you know, there there's always the performance anxiety of being enough for people. You got it. And so when I realized I was different, I started to, to hate myself for the pain that I caused my family. Even that young. Yeah. What's interesting about you to me, brother, is that your differences, the things that are different about you built you an externally great life. For sure. In other words, other people, their differences sometimes only work externally to their detriment. There's things though that worked for you, right? There's these things that are pretty damn good about like oh, I mean yeah. amazing. It's so, just like I mean you talk about how I started to the, like self-love and it was yeah. way past self-loathe. Mm. Because I and maybe I created this story in my mind because my parents were amazing. I don't want this interview to reflect poorly on them because mm -hmm. they loved me more unconditionally than you could ever love a kid. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sitting here in front of you and then I'm a, you know, I'm an influencer in the fitness industry. I'm an influencer in the personal development yep. space. Um, I'm an influencer to, to other fathers. Yes. And after, you know, achieving all the things that are, you know, on my Wikipedia page or all the other yes. things that people look at and be like, man, this guy's life Stud. is perfect. A lot of people don't realize, because I've never shared it before, but now that I'm really kind of like stepping into the power that, that, that I'm really, really like authentically myself, I, I don't feel like I need to come on your show or come into your home mm -hmm. and meet you and be any type of certain person you don't. that I'm not already because the person's 
that that we both have in common you know whether they're the michael hearns yeah. or randall picks or or bezos coolians or lewis houses like those yeah. are my best buddies which yeah. are also your best buddies yeah. and they're like they really see me for what i am they love and you. so i always i've always looked at myself through a really distorted filter slash mirror of myself and i would always you know whether that's nitpicking my physique or or focusing on the two things that I did wrong on a launch that I did, you know, half a million dollars on mm. instead of focusing on the 98 things that I did so well. But that's, I've been conditioned that way. And mm. like, that's the only reason I ever made it to the varsity team because I started high school at 108 pounds. Mm. So gosh, like, how do you go from being 108 pounds as a 14 year old young man to 14 years later on the cover of Muscle and Fitness, Unreal. toted as the NFL's fittest man. Unreal. I tied my self-worth in, in the world and on this planet to my athletic achievements because when I was a little boy, five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 years old, the only time anybody was ever like, hey, great job, man, got it. was when I played sports. You got it. And so it was never like when I made the honor roll because it didn't happen yeah. very often because right. I couldn't sit still. Yeah. I got A's and B's in, in school because I was smart, mm -hmm. but I couldn't sit still. So I always failed discipline and mm -hmm. behavior. Um, but I always, I always knew or I always thought as a kid that if I'm playing sports, I'm more than good enough. I'm great. I yes. could be the best ever. And I always had a, like a crazy amount of self-confidence when it came to sports because I never disappointed myself when I played sports. Yeah, right. You know? You aren't often gonna get a conversation like this in the world, okay? Where I've never had, I've done right. hundreds of yeah. podcasts, yeah. and honestly, either it wasn't a point in my life where I had this clarity, yeah. or I didn't feel comfortable enough with the person to, you, to be real. Okay. And the way that you make people feel comfortable enough, like is, it's Thank a benefit you. to you because yeah. you're actually able to hear that story like mm -hmm. from that person, and I'm sure it changes sure. you in certain ways. It does. But it benefits all these other people. It benefits people. millions of people. Bro. Yeah. And, I, and I'll, it benefits me because I struggle with the same things. And right. so all of you that are watching, for the most part, people who consume my type of content and yours are achievers or want to be. And so the first thing you said, brother, is so beautiful, no one ever says. Where's this stuff come from where we want to achieve? Okay, the first place it comes from is that when we are little boys and little girls, most of our acknowledgement where we get a dopamine hit like in our brain mm -hmm. where we feel good is when we achieve. Right. You, you hit a home run, you want to track me, you, you begin to confuse love with recognition. And in life, you want to always be addicted to recognition, but you can't confuse love with recognition because if you don't love yourself, right, if you're not perfect as you are now, you're always going to chase recognition, you're never going to be fulfilled. And so the, the rub is how do we achieve like you've achieved and that you've achieved in a way that is bananas. I mean, just so you know, cause he's very humble at this stage and he's probably been always humble, but this is someone who is, you know, this is a guy that ends up getting into the NFL, ends up making a pro bowl, ends up winning a super bowl. Then in that super bowl, by the way, breaks the all time punting record, 45 yard average in his career. When we sit here right now and I'm yeah. able to share it. Yeah. Like this is the beginning of a new chapter in my life yeah. where I'm the hero in my own story. Finally, Ed. Amazing. You know what I mean? Like, it's always been every achievement that I've had, I've never acknowledged myself for it. I don't want this podcast to come off as like a pity party for me no. because it's not what I want to get across to people. I'm, I'm sharing this, this sensitive, tender, vulnerable part of my life because I know there's so many freaking men out there, yep. yourself included, mm -hmm. that 
ties their self-worth to extrinsic things that we we can't control. You got it. And even when we think we can control it, it's controlling us. Right. So people out there, men and women, they think, I'm going to be happy when. So once I get this relationship, once I win this Super Bowl, once I make my first hundred grand, once I make a million dollars, they delay their bliss, I call it, until a certain achievement. The Mm. problem, everybody, is, and this is where Steve's at, too, and I'm there is that you bring you with you to all these places. And and so until you love you when you get to those places, until you accept you're perfect as you are in those places, the reason this interview is gonna change the world is because if a guy with your life, with my life, right, Mm -hmm. Super Bowl champion, beautiful wife, incredible kids, achievement, every room you walk into, somebody knows you. Mm -hmm. Good looking dude, stud, fit, all of it. And he has all of the things you think you want that will make you happy, okay? And he's here to tell you today that you can, you can get to all of those places, but if you arrive there with someone you don't love, you're gonna feel the exact same way. And so the key in life is to learn to learn to be blissfully dissatisfied, I call it, which means that you gotta learn to live in bliss now and still have dissatisfaction to achieve. People confuse satisfaction and happiness. Happiness is a completely different state than satisfaction. You can be dissatisfied, want to go to the next level, want to achieve, want to win a Super Bowl, want to get another ring, want to dominate the fitness space, but you can find a way to be happy in the process of it. You won't lose your drive. You think you'll lose your drive, you won't. You bite into a steak, it's delicious, it's blissful. You don't want less of a bite, you want another bite. So the more you can feed yourself love and bliss at this time, the more you're gonna achieve. So let's talk about this. Are you telling me that even that day you make the Saints, you're not feeling great about yourself? Oh my gosh. So this is a good, that's actually, we didn't talk about this, just so everybody mm-hmm. listening and watching mm-hmm. realizes, we didn't talk about this mm-hmm. off camera. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you said that because the day that I realized that I actually made a pro football team, yeah. I walk into the locker room and they rearranged everybody's locker because in training camp you have 103 people on your team and then they trim it down to 53. So there's a lot of the buddies and friendships that you made during training camp, the guys are gone. They're gone. And so I walk in and I'm looking for where my locker used to be and it's moved and now they moved it to numerical. And so I'm number seven. And so I look to the right of my locker and it's number five. Reggie freaking Bush. Oh my gosh. I looked to my left and it's Drew freaking Breeze, number nine. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, Ed, I'm like, I don't belong here. Oh my God. Yeah. Like literally, that's the first thing I said to myself Mm. that like, I don't belong here. I'm in between the greatest, one of the greatest college football players of all All time time. and Drew freaking Breeze. Yeah. One of the greatest NFL players of all time. Right. So it's, and I'm in between them. Hmm. Man, dude, this is a lot of pressure, but it hmm. wasn't, it wasn't, uh, I don't belong, like, let's pack the bags and go home. Yeah, I always learned, um, you know, it's, it's the imposter syndrome. Like, like right now, I played in, I played 10 NFL year, I played 10 years in the National Football League, and we have 16 games a year. So let's say, you know, you include some, um, some playoff games in there. I played about 175 NFL games. Yeah. And I puked 175 times before the game. You're not serious. 100% serious. And I actually shared a vomit bucket with Chris Snee, who's in the ring of honor for the New York Giants. We shared a puke bucket before the game. And he was one of the greatest at his position that's ever played in the NFL, and especially for the Giants. And we shared a puke bucket. 
No you know? way. Like I want to have a conversation with him now that I feel like I have a, a higher level of consciousness and yeah. I actually like really see myself for who I am. You have no idea how much like self-torment I've caused myself and I've been able to take that self-torment and turn it into achievement. Yes. But every single achievement that you get, you know, you're 108 pounds and then you get to 200 pounds and, and that doesn't make you feel any better. And then you, you make it onto the varsity and that doesn't make you feel any better and you thought it would. So you were talking about continually pushing the point of happiness past mm -hmm. the cognitive horizon yep. because it's just like once i get here i'll be happy yep. and then you get there and you're like well you know what well then once i get here and then for people like you and me that are just like disgustingly ambitious yep. and and motivated for life and for impact and for income and for influence mm -hmm. you look at all those things and be like how are you not happy right like you set a goal, you achieve it, you set another goal, you achieve it. Not to say like I haven't had a ton of failure and a mm -hmm. ton of bad decisions and spent a couple nights in jail during that yep. process, but I feel like it's really, really pertinent for me to share that on, on this podcast because I know there's a lot of people out there that want to live the life that you're living, mm -hmm. that, that want to live the life that I'm living, but I'm here to tell you right now. I made $15 million kicking a football for a living. I made yeah. another couple million dollars as an entrepreneur when I walked away from that. Money doesn't make you happy. Mm -hmm. A marriage won't make you happy. Mm -hmm. Having kids won't make you happy. Mm -hmm. Winning a Super Bowl, a Pro Bowl won't mm -hmm. make you happy. A 10-year career won't make you happy. Until you look in your in, into the mirror and you brush your teeth and you love the person that's looking back at you, which is honestly, I'm I'm in the infancy of actually being myself. I love that you're trying Like 22 point. days that I've been able yeah. to look in the mirror while I brush my teeth. Mm. And some days are a little bit easier than others because you have to think about it. I'm fighting 30 years of so, instincts of hating myself. So I was just like, if I look at a new goal that I set within my business or a new fitness goal that I set for myself or a new family goal that I set for myself, my instinct is to go to a place of self-hatred in order to motivate myself to achieve that goal. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm almost kind of like, I'm trying to like reprogram the system to, to pursue those things yes. from a place of love of myself. And like you kind of alluded to it earlier, and this might be the only time I ever disagree with you, that you know, we, we all need that, that affirmation mm -hmm. from, from other people. But... I've had so much affirmation in my life, and I'm mm -hmm. not telling you this to, mm -hmm. you know, to seem any certain type of way, but I've had so much affirmation in my life, it's desensitized myself to it, so much so that I don't believe any compliment that anybody ever gives yes. me, or at least I didn't used to. Now when people give me a compliment, I have to stop my instinct of like sloughing it off to the side or giving that acknowledgement to somebody else and actually accepting that gift from people Wonderful. and believing it for myself, mm -hmm. but that's a scary place to live because you can't escape your own mind. You got Ed, it. You know, right. so whether it's it's the depression that sets in after achievement because it didn't make you better mm -hmm. and it didn't make you feel better, or maybe it gave you a, a brief break from hating yourself. And yes. as soon as you leave that ecosystem of people telling you how wonderful you are, or people wearing your Super Bowl ring, or people, um, you know, you taking a bunch of kids shoe shopping because they can't afford it, and you want mm -hmm. them to go back to school in Newark, New Jersey, with brand mm -hmm. new kicks because you know how much confidence that gave you, and you got yep. new kicks, whatever, any of that stuff. It might make it might put a band-aid on the gunshot wound for the time being and make you feel like you can cover your wound and feel a little bit better. But at the end of the day, when you go sit in your car by yourself and you're driving home, the hate machine turns back on because I'm like, now I don't feel any better about myself. So yes. it's like it's the difference in between there's two types of happiness. There's the instantaneous happiness that we get from from food, we get it from sex, we get it from drugs, we get it from alcohol and you know or lifting weights and yep. so 
my entire life up until about three weeks ago was filled with chasing the high, chasing yep. the high of achievement, chasing the high of, uh, of, you know, when I work out, I feel better for yep. a brief amount of time. And then once those endorphins roll off, it's just like, God, I hate myself. You know what I mean? Yes. And I didn't even really realize that I was fueled by hate up until, you know, going through this process called hardcore leadership that Shanda Sumter put together. And she's a friend of mine and she just, she saw the pain in me, mm -hmm. you know, but she also saw like the beauty and the love and the tenderness and the sensitivity yeah. that I have, that I give to people unconditionally, but I don't ever accept it. Yourself. When people love me back, I yeah. don't accept it because I don't love myself. And yeah. so I've given my wife, I've given my five kids, I've given my friends, like new mm -hmm. friends that I'm making like you, like mm -hmm. I'm giving you the greatest gift ever because mm -hmm. I'm gonna be an amazing friend to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, I and do. the reason that I can be an amazing friend to you and love you and support you and everything that you're doing is A, because I believe in you. Thank you. But I've stepped into myself. Yes. And so I finally can truly love people unconditionally. I couldn't fully see my friends yep. or accept any gifts from them until I could see myself. It's harder work to put the other face on, bro. It's harder right. work to be Steve Weatherford well, than to be Steve. Right to it because right. I can show up here yep. and like I've never ever shared this with anybody mm. ever before, but I've, I ended up winning the Walter Payton Man of the Year Philanthropic Award, the most philanthropic yes. guy in the NFL. And it wasn't like I was some, you know, Super Bowl quarterback or mm. cornerback. I was like the, the least respected position in football, mm. but I was able to earn respect because of my work ethic. I was yep. able to earn respect because of my philanthropy and the way that I genuinely and authentically showed up for people. Mm -hmm. You know, if one of my teammates got hurt, I was the first person to go to the training room after practice mm. and be like, hey, can I drive you home? Jeez. You know, like, hey, can I take your kids to daycare the next day? Because mm. I knew how much physical pain and emotional pain that they were in because when you're in the NFL, man, you're only as good as like your last play. And if you can't play another play, then they will discard you. Yeah, you're done. You're there's probably. no guaranteed, yeah. there's no guaranteed contracts. There's there's nothing's guaranteed. Yeah. And so that's why they call it the not for long league. Yes. You know what I mean? And I'm just super blessed and super fortunate and so thankful that I was able to play at the most elite level long enough to achieve every single goal that, that I had set out for myself in addition to being able to not walk away from the game when I wanted to. I skipped away from the game. Like I was happy. I felt achieved in everything in that industry, but I wasn't happy with myself. Yeah. You know? It, it, it's amazing someone like you, because there's people watching this. There, there's a nurse watching this right now, right? There's a school teacher. There's an entrepreneur watching this. And they are connecting. And a lot of military people watch this, man. I know right, because they, they, they always tell me yeah. like, dude, you need to go on Ed's show. Right. I love it. He's going to love you. <laughs> like you. even people that don't know yeah. you and yeah. kind of don't really know me. Yeah. They they're like asking me to go do your yeah. show because they know that you're going to crack me open. Yeah. And it's well, not even something where you've even yeah. had to try. No, because like, I, 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 right. I love you the way you are. Yeah, and you what, see me, man. I do. And what, what's amazing about you, bro, and that, that you have this gift, many of you too. People, the beautiful part of being wired like you are, and I'm wired this way too, is that we have such great empathy for others. We don't give it to ourselves. Oh, but, like, but like you- if That doesn't you, hit me like right in between right. eyes. It's, like, it's sick. It's like, so many of you are watching this, you're like, I, I always, I, I am the person who kind of cares for people. When someone's sick, I am the one to bring them dinner. I am the one to visit them. I'm the and one who sends the like text. you don't look like it though. And you, you don't either. I mean? And right. you don't either. We're tattooed, I'm tattooed, buff dudes. And uh, you yeah, know. I, I can hide all my tattoos, but And I'm by the way, and guys like, Many times, everybody, when you see mega achievers, we are hiding things. And so,
Because what this show is really about isn't you maxing out your wealth, although I want you to have it, maxing out your career when you have it. I want you to max out your bliss. I want you to max out your faith. I want you to max out your giving. I want you to max out your love for yourself. And maybe, Steve, honestly, maybe you're going to get through to people in a way that nobody else There's can. There's no maybe, dude. And, and, and by There's the, no maybe. Yeah, you, you I are. speak it into existence. I will have such a massive influence, people forget that I ever touched the football. You look at every, like all the different things that we keep referencing, the different achievements that I make, and I like, I wanna make sure that people know, like we didn't come on here to talk about the different things that I achieved, we came on here to talk about different, the different things that I've achieved and the way I felt about myself despite all of those things. There's two different types of happiness. There's, there's instantaneous happiness that comes from you yeah. know, sex or drugs or, or food or, or, those, or you know, buying a new watch, mm -hmm. buying a new car, but as quickly as that happiness comes into your life is how quickly it will fade. But the thing that, that you figured out mm -hmm. and the thing that, that I'm really starting to, to kind of come into is, is framework happiness and that comes from being proud of yourself. And mm -hmm. the only way that you can truly be proud of yourself is to set high lofty goals and regardless if you achieve them or not it's not about the prize it's about the process and the person that you become while you're on that pursuit to get that goal and i completely missed that part of the puzzle because i always tied my my self-worth to the result because i was conditioned that way you go into the nfl and we have a game on Sunday night or on Monday night, and you come in the next morning, Ed, and then the only time that that little laser pointer ever goes over your jersey, you're freaking seeking down in your seat because you know that red dot is not over your jersey number because you did something good. Because when you're a professional and you're the best in the world at what you did, not that you don't deserve to be acknowledged, but you're expected to be the best in the world. So when you go out there and you set a Super Bowl record, you don't necessarily deserve to get acknowledged. They're gonna pinpoint what you didn't do perfectly mm -hmm. because that's what coaches are supposed to do. Mm -hmm. They're not here to be like, hey, hey, Ed, dude, you did a really good job showing up for your workout this morning. You yeah. did all your reps, all your sets, and you did a good job. You finished mm -hmm. second in all the sprints. I know you're not the fastest guy, but your effort level was wonderful. Mm -hmm. No, they're gonna be like, Ed, why didn't you win all of the sprints? Mm. You know what I mean? And so it conditioned me to focus on what I didn't do perfectly and discard everything that I did wonderfully. And so I took that, that mindset that got me into the NFL and then propelled me further into the NFL of the elite. And then once I retired from the NFL, because I didn't feel like there was anything else that I could achieve that would fulfill me and turn off the hate machine, hmm. then I went into an entrepreneur. I'd be like, you know what? I need to build something for myself and something that, that, that's mine, like my business and, and, and my achievement. Because I had 52 other teammates and I love them to death, but I want the next... Super Bowl that I win to be mine. And mm. then, you know, I write an ebook for a 12 week arm training program that took me from 16.75 inches when I retired from the NFL to 19 inches 94 days later. And I took five months to, to learn how to do the the, the graphics on my own, to learn how to put it into an ebook on my own, to learn how to embed videos in the text on my own. It took me five months, but I I went through the process wow. of learning it to do it to my, for myself. I made a million dollars with an arm training ebook by myself with no business Amazing. background Amazing. in seven months. Amazing. Amazing. You want to know how good I felt about myself? Mm. Pretty freaking bad, man. You know what I mean? Wow. Because you, you continually think like, well, now I'm, I'm going to do it for me and, and I'll own the success. And I never did that. Yes. You know? And so you fast forward another year and a half later, I'm sitting in this chair right now and all of the other entrepreneurial successes that I've had, I've never owned any of the wins. 
and I've Why? taken complete ownership of all of the losses. Why? Do you think that you thought, I, I want to understand this, because I know what I'm it was I'm still trying me. to understand well, it. Well, let me ask you, do you think that you thought, let's talk about it, let's explore it for a minute, because I I, I'm learning this about me too, right? So do you think that you thought, I'm just asking, I don't know. Do you think that you thought, well, if I celebrate this, I'll lose my edge and my drive? Yeah, I do. I do. The only time that I, I ever partied or I ever, you know, had drinks after we won the Super Bowl was when I was paid to show up at a, at a club or when I was paid to go to speak to a law firm and in Manhattan, dude, I made, mm-hmm. I made a lot of money in like two weeks mm-hmm. just doing that. And all of that affirmation felt wonderful, but like at a certain point you get desensitized to it and you just couldn't wait for all of it to be over. And I'm like, man, I waited my whole life and I made so many sacrifices and I, and I sacrificed thousands of hours away from my family and thousands of hours away from my friends. And I missed out on a lot of partying and, mm-hmm. and a lot of drugs in college. Yeah. <laughs> you know you know cheated I mean? yourself and out of all that. Yeah. I cheated myself out of all that for this. And this doesn't make me any happy. And by the way, what it arrives to everyone is that eventually you will find drugs and alcohol. I mean, because what, here's what happens. When you're achieving and you don't celebrate your wins, it's like a high you're chasing. And so the, there's no dopamine that hits your brain. So then you go, it needs to be a bigger one. Right. It needs to be a bigger one. It there needs was to be nothing a bigger, bigger one. in the NFL. That's what you I You got it. And that's the part. So you're the perfect example because you almost can't achieve more. So this is happening for someone out there. When I made my hundred grand, I cheated myself. When I bought my first house, I cheated myself. When I got my promotion at work, I cheated. And you keep cheating yourself from these celebrations. You just realize that, that, Ed, that all of these things that require so much sacrifice, I'm talking thousands of hours of sacrifice, you yeah. know, tons of money to, in order to, to be able to, to afford all these different training modalities and all these different specialists and I have a hyperbaric chamber at my house. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, you name it, and and I have utilized it as part of my mm-hmm. training routine, at least for a little bit. And the stakes get higher, mm-hmm. the demands grow just as much, and the satisfaction decreases. And mm-hmm. so, like, where do you turn from that? Mm-hmm. Well, you tear your ankle up, and the doctors put you on pain pills, and then mm-hmm. you get addicted to Oxycontin, and I went down that road, wow. and then, you know, getting off of that when the season was over was like a movie, you know, like mm. the only thing that made me feel better. And I know a lot of people out there, this is like a big deal. Like yeah. people addicted to painkillers. The only thing that would make me feel better was taking like a hot bath because my skin would stop crawling. Here's the irony. You winning a Super Bowl didn't inspire anybody. Really doesn't. They can't even relate to that. You looking like this, people tell you and I, this inspires me. Right. But the fact of the matter is, they're like, I, uh, it's more like I'd like to be like you, but I can't be like you. Right. Okay. What's inspiring in life is not the great things you achieve. What's inspiring in life is overcoming the things in your life that hold you back. And so for the first time, bro, in your life, you're authentically being inspiring. Inspiring, the root of the word inspire is to be in spirit. So m- what you were doing before is motivating. That's right. motives. I want to touch your motive that's to make power, money. Your powerful way of it is motive you to get a good motive is to get a good body. Motive is to win the Super Bowl. Motive is to achieve. These are motives. That's motivation. You've been extremely motivational throughout your life. Mm. That's not inspirational. Right. Inspirational is spirit to spirit. I'm take that with me, man. It's true. That's Insp- powerful. Inspirational is hey man, I don't feel good about myself either. Right. Hey brother, I've been hurting. Hey man, I've had some substance issues. Hey man, like. I got this unbelievable family, and sometimes when I'm with them, I'm not happy. Right. I have these beautiful spirits here, 
What's, what's, what's inspiring is to hear that and then to see you turn it around. There's been so many amazing things that have come into my life mm -hmm. in the last 21 days and I, I haven't tried for any of them. Like, I didn't it. call you and say, yes. hey, you could do this no, podcast. No. Like, you called me. Yes, right. And I was like, are you kidding me? Dude, I'd be honored. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've Thank been you. waiting for this day. Thank you. And I dropped everything that I had planned today because this is something that was on my bucket list and it wasn't on my bucket list to build my brand, to grow my business. Yep. Yet this, it will do that. This, Isn't that the yeah, irony? It, that, and that's a crazy thing. It's yet it like, will do that effortlessly. It will do that. It's, what most people do is the reverse of you. So what most people do is their imposter, your imposter life, right, to some extent, was an achievement life. It's like one of the great lives. Like if we just said, okay, everybody born, you're 35, 34? 35. 35. We drew a line. Everybody born the same year as you. Let's add up their life. Yeah. You'd been the one millionth of 1% of love, the best external lives, right? Mm -hmm. So you're kind of masking this guy thing, cause achievement. Most people that are watching this, the manifestation of their mask is they're playing it safe someone else's life. I'm making everybody, I'm working the career my dad told me to. I'm going to the college my parents wanted me to. I'm doing what my wife thinks I should be doing. I'm doing, my husband thinks I should be doing this, this, and this. And every time I try to do something different, I get criticism, I get pain. And so you always go back to your safe spot. You, your pattern's different. Your pattern is every single time I start to feel this way, I go to an aggressive, vulnerable, crazy spot. Like I'm yeah. gonna go achieve more. But a lot of people, the same feeling manifests themselves in comfort. I'm just gonna stay in this box. Everyone likes me in this box. They like me when I'm normal. They like me when I don't chase my dream. They like me when I'm not changing. They like me when I'm not growing. And so your choice to deal with the mask is to be the person everybody else expects you to be. And so what you gotta decide when you're watching this, if he has the courage to have achieved all this, and to say, hey, I'm making changes. Your change is to stop playing it so freaking safe. Yeah. Your change is to stop playing small. At least you took this struggle and played big. Yeah. And you need to give yourself credit for that, brother. Most people take the struggle and play small. Okay, what I'm here to tell you and what you're now realizing is you don't have to struggle. No. So let me ask you this. If you could go back, this is gonna be interesting. You could grab that five-year-old little Steve Weatherford, little Steve, who was crying to mom at that time. And you could grab him now, knowing the 35-year-old man, and you could grab him. What would you say to that little boy? To be able to kind of navigate the advice that I would give the five-year-old version of myself mm -hmm. is, dude, you're enough. You know, just, just go have fun. Like, you are what God made you to be. Mm -hmm. Go out and be the best at whatever it is that you try to do. Mm -hmm. But don't place all your self-worth on if you win or you lose, because if you max out mm -hmm. your motto, if you max out, mm -hmm. you're gonna be mm -hmm. the best version of yourself. You're gonna be the greatest athlete of mm -hmm. yourself. You're gonna be the greatest father, the greatest friend, the greatest dad, the greatest entrepreneur. And, and that's why I'm so like genuinely, like authentically, like excited to wake up every single day mm -hmm. because I don't dread the changing of the costumes. You know what I mean? Like, I, like my, I, I pack a pretty light bag. You wow, know what I mean? that's really well, you know that's I mean? really well said, bro. Um, because it's it it really is, man. It's an exhausting existence when you feel like you have to change your hat or your mask depending on who you're in front of or or what you think that they they see. The symptoms are different, but the disease is the same. So what you just said is it's exhausting. Everyone that's watching this, it's you're so tired, aren't you? You're tired of showing up and being the person everybody else. Now, the person, unfortunately for you, the person that everybody expects you to be is this stud achiever, great dad, 
businessman, football player, bodybuilder, businessman. There's a lot of pressure to show up as you. And it is exhausting. And let me tell you how else it's exhausting. There's a lot of pressure for all of you watching this. It's the, listen everyone, it's the same disease, different symptom, okay? The pressure for you is to conform. The pressure for you is to be average. So what's amazing what you're saying is the pressure on me to achieve and show up, it's the same for those of you that watch this. Like, my, my husband doesn't want me to start a business. No, but I got back in shape and I started to get criticism from my girlfriends. Or, you know, hey man, I've started to make some money and my buddies think I've sold out now. And they get all this heat and criticism. Stop climbing out of the box. Stop being you. Be who we like. Be the person we think you are. Live the script we gave you. And what he's saying is, I'm kind of tired of living this script, man. Like, no, I'm not kind of, dude. I'm like, yeah. Honestly, and like, I obviously never shared this either. Yeah. Ed, dude, four weeks ago, mm-hmm. I was never suicidal, but I was to the point with everything that I had, like all the tangible items and the relationships and devoted wife and amazing kids, amazing. I didn't care if I woke up because I knew if I didn't wake up, the pain would stop. Mm-hmm. That's heavy, man. It's heavy, bro. You know, that's yeah. like. That's heavy. Yeah. I know how many people would be so sad when I'm gone. That's right. But at least I would like, yeah. for a minute, yeah. just have like a break. Yeah. And do you feel like you're in that break now? Oh, dude. I, like to me, like I'm still fighting like the instincts mm-hmm. of like when you're introducing me, mm-hmm. like kind of like hiding my face mm-hmm. and you're like saying all these nice things about me and how much you admire me and mm-hmm. you only follow 80 people on Instagram and yeah. I'm one of them. Like that means a lot to me. Yeah. But my instinct is to... Oh man, well I appreciate that. Thank you. But honestly, like I should stand up and be like, dude, Embrace that makes it. me so happy, That's man. Right. Like I'm inspired that I inspire you because yes. that that tells me that what I'm doing is right. Yeah. Because That's it's right. resonating with somebody that's operating on a higher frequency level and I'm not on Instagram mm-hmm. to make friends. Right. I'm on Instagram to reach people. Mm-hmm, you do. And the fact that I'm able to to reach and inspire and resonate with somebody who has the same life purpose on mm-hmm. this planet that I do. Yeah. Because you, you know, you and I are really similar because you came from a completely different industry than yeah. what I did, yeah. but you completely dominated that. Mm-hmm. Every time we start to say something good about you, you put it back on someone else. <laughs> That's so, my instinct, So you man. do do that. It's your pattern, right? And so all yeah. of that, what you said, I'm very grateful for, and I, I hope and work hard that it's true. You gotta go back and look at all of his posts. Most of what you would see on anybody's social media is perfect, 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 perfect. And so don't always believe everything you see. Even in my life, I'm not showing you my bad days. I'm not showing you when I get in the car and I don't wanna go to the gym. I'm not showing you the day where I'm worried about my dad's chemotherapy and his cancer. The days when I'm not getting along with somebody in my family. We have all of those things. Those just aren't the things you normally post. And so don't start to get depressed about your own life by comparing it because now you're hearing two men who's, we post our lives on there, but you don't see every side of our lives until you get more than one minute. You only get a minute of our life on social media. You're getting an hour of our life here and we struggle with the same things that you do, the same ups and downs, the same mental issues, the same everything. What do you want in your life now going forward? Like, are there things that you're going, look, man, I'm, I'm on this journey. I've been three, four weeks kind of starting to love myself, starting to like myself. I'm, you're still an achiever. You're still wired. There's still millions of people who view your stuff over a monthly basis, right? There are people who look to you. Mm-hmm. So where do you want to go now? And this is probably the first time I've ever said this as well, like I still have goals mm-hmm. and I know my my intention is completely different. My mechanism is completely different. My delivery is completely different. I really just want to focus on being myself. Mm-hmm. And if I can do that, 
Like God's going to show me the way. And I'm not like a Bible beater. Like yeah. I go to take my kids to church every Sunday. I'm a Christian and I try to live right, dude. Yeah. I took a shot of tequila before I came in here, man. I have a good time. We too. did. You we know both, what I mean? Like I did. live life. Right. We did. We lived. Um, right. But me my, too. My point is, is I don't want to get caught up so much into the goal of where I'm going to be in, in 12 months, where I'm going to be in two years, five years, 10 years, because then I feel like that's going to almost kind of reinforce the negative um, goal pursuit that I used to have. So yep. now my goal every day mm -hmm. is to show up because mm -hmm. if I know if I show up, I'm going to show out. Mm -hmm. And if I show out, I know doors will be open to me. I mean, yep. to the fact that like, like I'm getting phone calls from like amazing race and yep. I've never pandered to them. Mm -hmm. I don't even watch their TV show. Mm -hmm. So if they, somebody on their team listens to this, I've never watched your show, but I guarantee you if I end up doing yeah. the amazing race yeah. for the month of November this yeah. year, I guarantee you the way that, cause I told him I wouldn't do it unless I was doing the show with my wife, mm. because I know sacrificing 30 days away from my family mm -hmm. is a, is an opportunity cost for me to nurture that relationship, but I'm willing to, to exchange that for the platform that they're going to put before me. And it's not to win a million dollars. It's not to, to win in general, but I know if I authentically show up as myself, mm. it's really going to be a race for second place. And then <laughs> I love in it. addition to, <laughs> I love it. In addition to <laughs> the way that they're going to see my wife and I interact yeah. because like you, I'm assuming mm. in your relationships, you're the dominator because you're mm -hmm. an action taker, right. because you're a winner, because yeah. you're an achiever, because you've, you know, you see goals and, mm -hmm. and you don't, you don't chase them. You assault them. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. There's a difference. There's, yes. there's people that are dream chasers and yeah. use the hashtag. That's cute and everything. Like yeah. people like you and I, it's not always a great thing. Yeah. We assault our goals. You're so right. Bro. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you are a lion yeah. and your goal is whatever you want to <laughs> eat for lunch. You know You're what right. I mean? You're right. Brother. And I'm the yeah. same way. And it's an awesome thing, but I want to be able to pursue all of those goals and not leave relationships in my wake yeah. and not, you know, break people's trust in my mm -hmm. wake and not continue to practice selfishness in my mm -hmm. wake. I want to be selfless. Yeah. I want to serve people. And I know if I serve people, karma, God, the universe, call yeah. it what you will, my path will be laid before me. Yeah. And all I need to do is show up as myself and be authentic. And obviously it's always going to be a part of the formula. I got to yeah. work hard because yeah. God's not going to do everything. That's My right. new authentic self is not some magic pill. Yes. It's still going to require everything that it required previously, except for my intention is love instead of hate. So Dude. it's just really powerful for me to be able to like step into that yeah. and have no fear because it, it does scare me a little bit to completely change the structure and the formula for achievement yeah. because it works so freaking good for me. You got it. By the way, just so you know, I'm a Christian. The Holy Spirit speaks through you in this interview to some extent. I just want you to know that because what you just said is freaking magnificent. Thank you. So much. I just want to repeat some of it back to you and the audience. Like this is an interview, everyone. Like when this is done, you need to find another hour and you need to go back and you need to play it again. You do. You need to go back and play this again. So what you just said there is, a wow, like a few things. First, I said, what's your goal and your plan? That was a little bit of a test question because anytime you've made a big transition in your life, everyone listening to this, you need to go one day at a time. That's why AA programs and it's one day at a time. You gotta start grinding. Going 12 and 24 and 36 months when you need to transition, you need to show up tomorrow. So that was massive. The second thing is, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You've built an amazing life for a reason. Mm -hmm. So maintaining that, 
by the way, we do assault our goals. We smash things. Everyone who sits in this seat that does these interviews, they don't pursue goals or chase them. Or they smash them. They attack them. They annihilate them, right? What we're doing now is we're altering the guy who shows up there. Right. That's all we're doing. The guy who shows up, Steve, instead of Steve Weatherford, the character. Right. Right. So continue to smash stuff. Continue. The worst thing you could do is to drop your achievement. What you ought to do is go to the next level. And what's crazy is this time, I'm going to enjoy myself as I go. Right. When I get there, I'm partying when I get there and celebrating at this time. I'm gonna give myself credit this time. It's not don't go achieve it. It's this time go celebrate it. This right. go party this time. Let's love myself this time. Let's share and what will happen is the results will be magnified because the, for the first time it won't be motivating. It'll be inspiring. Yeah. That's what this is today. So I'm gonna take that with me, man. That's it's, really powerful it's a, for me and I don't know if that is for people listening, yeah. but maybe it is for me because I've lived that yeah. and I've always, I've always felt like God placed it on my heart that, that I have a, an innate ability to connect with people and, and, and inspire people and motivate people. But you're right, man. I mean, looking back on it, like self-reflecting on when you said that, mm. that, that is how I was running it. You yeah. know? And it was like, I want to motivate, I want to motivate, I want to yeah. motivate. Yeah. It doesn't matter how you get to the result. Just mm. get to the result. That's all that matters because you know I was forged in that fire as a pro athlete. But now that I, I step out of that industry and I'm not blaming my you know kind of my personal issues on the nfl because that's nah. not what this stance is about mm -hmm. because those issues started when i was five not mm -hmm. when i was 25. Right. Um, but i'm able to identify those but it actually having that mindset really acclimated me to pro sports mm -hmm. in a very seamless way because mm -hmm. i didn't need my coaches to set expectation levels for mm -hmm. me because my expectation levels of myself were so insanely high mm -hmm. it was painful but it reflected in my performance. It yeah. reflected in my preparation. It reflected in my sacrifices and my hard work and, and the priority that I placed on that particular goal in my life. Mm -hmm. But it also caused so much damage for me intrinsically and also for relationships because I would abuse the relationships that I held most dear to me because I knew that they were always going to love me, Ed. Yeah. Because they, they could see me. Like the mm. way that you see me, my family could see me that way. My real friends could see me that way. Mm. So I knew that they were never going to leave me. I was always chasing the, the extrinsic yeah. kind of like the people that were on the fence Fringe. about Steve Weatherford. You yeah. know? Now it's just like if you're sitting on the fence, give me time and eventually you're going to hop off and come to our side because so my grass might not always be greener. Mm. But I'm not worried about other people's grass. I'm gonna water my own lawn. Oh my god! You know I mean? Come on, dude. Come on. I told you the Holy Spirit speaking through this guy. <laughs> you ain't that good. A, I'm not just curious before we finish things up. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm inspired. So uh, when you find me at a loss a lot, of though, words, yeah, I want to acknowledge yeah, you for that. Yeah, yeah, I don't take compliments well. Yeah, that means a lot to yeah, me. Yeah, well, because it is. And when you find me. <clears throat> When you get me at a loss for words, you've really done something good, brother. So, and you do that, that to me. I'm just curious. I never asked. I didn't even plan on asking you this. Did you ever know or play with Steve Gleason? He was one of my best friends. Steve was. Yeah, I you, mean he is, but I mean obviously it's a really. Um, I don't want to say a sad story, but you look at oh sure how life has happened to him. You got it. Did he sit sit around and be like? Life happened to me. No, mm -hmm. he turned it around. He's happening to life. The amount of impact that he has had because of ALS in his life is greater than the person that the disease was named after, Lou Gehrig. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
millions upon millions upon millions of people are positively impacted, not just by the inspiration, not the motivation, mm-hmm. but the, just the life that he's living. He has such a finite amount of time on this earth sure. right now, yeah. and he's spending it in service to other people, mm-hmm. and it is so freaking inspiring. If people haven't seen yeah. his, his movie, yeah. Yeah, get your tissues. You you know, get your I don't care if you're a football fan or not, man. This guy transcends sports. He transcends competition. Mm. He's a saint in my book. Yeah. You know? I spent a lot of time with him in Southern California, and he is the most unique person mm. I have ever met in my, my entire life. And I said that before he was diagnosed. Mm. I played three years with him, and I'm obviously a special teams player being a punter. Yep. But he was my right-hand man. Like He was the special teams ace on the team, and he really mentored me coming into the league. Um, and I... I I'm a different person because of his life. Dude, bro, I, I'm so glad. That, and by the way, Steve's a friend of mine. And so I, uh, you know, that he's up from the Spokane area mm-hmm. and I live in Coeur d'Alene. And so I'm part of this golf tournament a couple times. And just so you all know, if you haven't, you should take the gift and you should Google who Steve Gleason is if you don't know. But this was a teammate of his and he's like, like he's told you, he suffered from ALS. It's interesting to me that two of the most inspirational people I've ever met are you and him. And you're on the same. I wouldn't f- be who I was without meeting him, though. How so? I mean, he, he changed how I lived my life. You mm-hmm. know, he, dude, he, he drove a Dodge Ram 2500 mm-hmm. uh, veggie diesel truck mm-hmm. in a parking lot full of Bentleys and, and Rolls Royces and Mercedes. And I was always, he, as a matter of fact, in addition to that, sometimes he rode a bike to, to, to work. Is that right? A bike sickle, not a bike like a motorbike. <laughs> a you know bike. what I mean? And he had, dude, he walked in with this crazy yeah. long hair and these flip flops and board shorts, the opposite of what a football player looks like. Because yeah. we're walking in wearing Louis Vuitton and mm. Gucci and Rolexes, mm. and you know what I mean? We're feeling ourselves. Mm. And you could see a guy that was so comfortable in who he was and so comfortable in his own skin. He, he didn't beat to anybody else's drum. Right. And it's something that I always just really, really admired about him. And it's something that, that made people gravitate towards him. But now I didn't realize until this very moment when I say it, he was himself. Yeah. Think I, about that. Yeah, like now I'm himself. actually able to kind of not be a replica of Steve, but yeah. the thing that I admire most about Steve, that's what I am right now when I look in the mirror. From the second we started the interview, I was waiting to the end to ask you because... Um, I think it's amazing that you guys shared a locker room together and that you were on the same special teams unit and you both can inspire completely differently. So he he did embrace who he was. And so Steve's at this stage of his life, everybody, where um, he really has lost his capacity to speak and he's, he's, um, he's still inspiring. He's still making yeah. a difference in the world. And, and then the juxtaposition is you, right? You're the super stud, super fit. Physically, like physically, physically limitless, physically limitless person, you know? and I think that maybe as we go, that what you're doing today carries on a legacy he's had to inspire people, and the two of you from that same locker room and the same special teams uh, end up doing it completely differently. And I think as you go too, it's important to just reflect on someone, you know, like how grateful you should be to have all of these blessings in your life and to have life ahead of you. Because even Steve, if he were here today, would say that he knows that his span of time here is yeah. going to be limited too. And so I think it's absolutely incredible that the two of you shared a locker room. And I'm so glad that you guys know each other. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful like, that I know him. And, and I'm going to accept that, that compliment that you give me yeah. and putting me on the same pedestal as you, as you play Steve. But, you know, I want to acknowledge you. 
for I mean, because every single person that that God places in my path that that I spend time with, mm. regardless if they're people that I don't admire or mm. people that I do admire, like we have to be thankful for all of those relationships. Yeah. Because even the bad people remind me of what you don't want to be. Mm. So it's just kind of like the same way that you might have had an abusive father, and I didn't, mm -hmm. but I always pursued like my dad's approval mm -hmm. and like for my dad to say, I'm proud of you, you know, and still, it still kind of bothers me that I didn't get that, but he was every other part of being a father that I needed. Yeah. And, and the fact that he had trouble orating that to me mm -hmm. and sharing that to me, you know, from emotional, intimate standpoint, I can't get mad at him. Because he showed me what I don't want to do for my son. So yeah. I tell my son every single day that I wake up, I'm proud of you, boy. And I love mm. you. Mm. You're, you're perfect and beautiful. And I want you to have a good day. Mm. You know what I mean? And so because of what was withheld from me, I'm able to give that to my son. And all the other amazing things, I always give that to my dad. even, Or I always give that to my son even before I kind of came to the realization of... I can't live this way anymore. Like, I don't mm. want to live this way anymore. I don't have the time, the energy. Mm. I just don't want to live if I have to continue on like this. <clears throat> and so I think people should be thankful for the relationships that they have in their life that they view as not helping them or hurting them or dragging them down. It's all in perspective. You know, there's a very powerful paradigm shift that's happened in my life that I'm just thankful in general for the crap that happens in my life. Like I might leave your house and drive back to the, the event that you and I are, are working at to, you know, to inspire people and not motivate people. Mm -hmm. That's going to stick with me by the way, <laughs> but I'll drive away from here in a, you know, a beautiful Range Rover with yeah. red interior yeah. and I might get a flat tire. Yeah. Getting a flat tire freaking sucks, dude. I don't yeah. care any way you cut it. Yeah. But when you have the paradigm shift in your life that I've had, I'm not even bummed about getting a flat tire. That's you know right. what? I'm like, I'm thankful yeah. that I'm getting out of a car that I actually really enjoy to drive. Yeah. And I can change a tire. That's I right. have the ability to change, the physical ability to change the tire. You got it. And I have the blessing in my life that I was riding in a car because there's a lot of people that I just drove by before I got that flat tire that are waiting at the freaking bus. You got it. And you don't know that that flat tire that pulled you over didn't prevent you from getting in an accident that was yeah, going to happen an hour ahead, too. So you, there's a blessing in everything. I, dude, you are literally one of the most unique, inspiring people I've met on or off camera. And I really feel strongly that there's something you're supposed to be doing that carries on Steve's legacy too, of inspiring people in a completely different way, yeah. from a completely different I agree place. With you, man. I, I, have, I feel like I have a true purpose in my life and I feel like my purpose is, is to reach men. Like I know this is going to inspire and not yeah. motivate women mm -hmm. um, as well, because there's a lot of women that deal with the same issues that we're dealing yeah. with, like depression. Of course, it's depression not gender specific. Isn't, yeah, it's not gender specific uh, and it's not race related either, yeah, man. Right. Depression hits and when it yeah. hits, it's relentless, man. Yeah. It is It is unrelenting and it is freaking painful. And the, and the bad thing is, is nobody can see it. So like mm -hmm. I shared a little bit of what I've shared with, with you guys watching and listening um, with Ed before we got on here because I wanted to make sure that he understood why I was here. It yeah. wasn't because I wanted to promote anything and Ed yeah. was like, he's like, no, I, I definitely, we're going to get into all that. But like at the end, how can I, mm -hmm. how can I help you, you know, how you can I help your business or how can I help you? Like, what do you need to promote? And I'm like, honestly, like I know, you know, I don't accept yeah. compliments well yeah. and I don't accept favors well because mm -hmm. I really just want to be of service. But really the, the reason that I'm here is not to use you and not mm -hmm. to use your platform. But honestly, like I 
I need people to hear this yeah. for my legacy. Yeah. I need people to hear this for my fulfillment and I need people to hear this because people need to hear this. Yeah, they do. It will bro. resonate with people and, and millions of people. And I will get DMs from people that will you listen will. to this show the same way I did when I went on Lewis's mm -hmm. house's show and I, and I was myself and I mm -hmm. was authentic, but I wasn't comfortable and confident enough to go as deep as what we've gone and yep. share some of the things that we've shared. And so the reason that do. I feel brave enough is and I know I won't get this, but even if I did get, you know, my DMs blown up by people that that hate me for some mm. reason, I'm okay with that. Yeah, because I'm myself. Yeah, you are yourself. You know what I mean? What you the theme of your life, bro, is that you're courageous, and it's just manifesting itself differently. It took courage to, you know, go to school, become an All Big Ten guy. It took courage to go make an NFL team and just sit in that locker room between Bush and Breeze and still dominate. Right? It took mm -hmm. courage to be the NFL Man of the Year. It took courage to do what you did in Super Bowl. Those are courageous, studly things you've done. Never more courageous than today. Courageous to say, hey, here's who I really am. This is what I struggle with. Courage is inspiring, right? And so even those of you that are listening to this, in your way, in your world, wherever you live right now, whatever town you're in, whatever you're trying to do, what will inspire people isn't the achievement, it's the courage to try. It's the courage to make the effort, right? And so you've never been more inspirational than you were today. And um, I mean, in a way that, uh, you know, let's just be real. I mean, when this is over and I reflect on my day, I'm not going to stop thinking about this. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to be thinking about this because it impacts me. It takes real courage to say it in front of the camera, not behind the camera, because it doesn't help anybody if you say it behind the camera. No. You helped millions of people today, bro. And um, I want to thank you so much for being here. Like, I'm bummed it's ending. But Dude, yeah. I'm 45 minutes away, and the nice thing was, yeah. and it's yeah. kind of like my my blankie now. Yeah, is Ed Milet when we were about to have our shot of tequila, and I'm really kind of like pouring my heart out to mm -hmm. you. You're like, you like stopped like the the giggling and the bravado and the fun mm -hmm. that we were having, and you looked at me dead in my eyes, and you're like, hey, if you're really struggling, you know, I want you to know that you can call me. Yeah, I do mean that. And like you, <laughs> you can tell when somebody looks at you in your eyes and yeah. they're like genuinely and authentically like they're there for you and they can really see who you are. Yeah, I could feel that, man. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's special because I've met a lot of people. In my, I've hugged the last four presidents. You know what I mean? That's pretty I've cool. I've done some really rad stuff in my life. Yeah. But reflecting on all the things that I've done and, and the people that I've met and the things that I've achieved, the people that have come into my life in the last 21 days. Cool would blow your mind. Wonderful. And you're at the top of that list, thank man. Thank you so, so much, man. You know, I, I mean love that, you, brother. Man. I really do. I really feel like thank you, brother. Ah, come you, on, let's hug it out. Don't cry. <laughs> Don't cry. I had such hey, you a know good what? Time. I'm comfortable enough with myself. If I did cry on this show, you, I'd be okay you with start, that because there would be authentic you, tears. You started, you, you started to, but I, I really feel like it's the end of the interview, but the beginning of what I hope to be a lifelong friendship. No, and no I mean hope. that. I there's, am. there's no hope, man, dude. There's energies attract and yeah. especially energies that that honestly are like contagious because mm. anytime I genuinely feel like I'm having a rough day as busy as you you are, yeah. like I could see it in your eyes when we were standing at that bar, but I'm that right shot, here, man. Like, but I'll, I'll yeah. be here for you. I am here you for you. You know what I mean? So I like, promise there's you. no hope that it's going to turn yeah. into something that's going to be yeah. beautiful and benefit lots of people. And who knows what type of projects yeah. we're going to work on in the future. But I can't wait to meet your family. Yeah, man. Because this dude, just so you know, on all this, this is a cuddle bear. So you need to see 100%. this dude with his children. Five, right? Boy and four girls, right? Yeah. This is a busy dude. Ten all the way to a five-month-old, yep. right? Dude, so you're talking about a busy family man here. And I, what I want you to do, even though he wouldn't say it earlier, is we, you know, I know this changed your life. You know, it changed my life. And I know to some extent it even changes I mean, yours. No, it absolutely changed yeah. my life. I feel like, uh, I feel liberated that 
the people that watch this, the only people that really, yeah. really know me are the people that watch this and the, the conversations that I've had in between 21 days ago and this moment that we're, we're in right now. Yeah. That's a lot of people. It's and a it's lot a lot of people, of people that, that really, really see me now. Yeah, brother. It's special to me. And need you. And, and need you, too. And so even though he wouldn't admit earlier, you need to follow this man on his journey. You're going to learn, you know, there's all the things that he's the best at, like fitness and working out and being a dad and all these things you're going to be blown away if you don't follow Steve like I do because I get inspired about being a better dad when I follow you and being more fit. I told you, I said, what's keeping me going in my fitness right now because I'm dragging is you, right? Like watching your training. And so, so I want you following him and on his journey, but I also want you to watch this evolution too as more and more yeah. of you starts to come out. And so please follow him. And bro, really thank you so much for today. And man, like just, I don't know, I'm beyond words and I'm never beyond words. And so everybody that's watching this, I hope that you'll follow him. If you're watching this on YouTube, give it a like, give it a comment, right? If you're on iTunes, we're number one in the world right now. Well, actually we're number one in the US, number one in the UK. Number one in Australia, number four in Canada. So Canada, we gotta get it going. So please give the thing a review on iTunes. And then lastly, every day on social media, I do the max out two minute drill, which is when I make a post on uh, Instagram, if you make a comment within the first two minutes with the hashtag max out, you win. We do a daily drawing. That drawing could be a 15 minute coaching call with me. It might be one with Steve Weatherford. It could be max out gear. It could be whatever 100%. you want. And so Steve's agreed to do that. You're going to get a 15 minute call, one of you with him. And then if you miss the first two minutes, as long as you make a comment every single day at the end of the week, we add those up. We do a drawing for people to just comment at any time during the day as well. So make sure you do that. And I want to continue to encourage you to have the courage to chase your dream, the courage to be the real you, the courage to be inspiring like Steve Weatherford next to me here today, the courage to max out your life. God bless you.